Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And tonight we are talking the Lego movie, as well as Toy Story 3, but mostly the Lego movie. Um, So let's warn everybody right now, full spoilers for both, and presumably Toy Story 1 and 2 as well, I guess. The Lego movie has been out for several weeks now. Toy Story 3 has been out for a couple of years, so you've had some time to check them out. If you have not seen either, they're both fantastic. Yeah. So go yes. go check them out if you have not. You're doing it wrong. Uh, but now we're going to talk about the Lego Movie. I have now yeah. seen it twice. Pierce, you've seen it once. We just yeah. got back from seeing it together, actually, um, a couple hours ago. What are your thoughts? I'm fighting every urge to sing. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. When you live in a dream. I thought it was when you're pursuing your dreams or something like that. Some usually, you know, random motivational bullcrap. But anyway. Better do the rap section. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I cannot do that. It was fantastic. Uh, we talked about in our 50-second uh, episode that kind of... Lego has been making a lot of stuff. A lot of video games. A lot of all sorts of stuff. And this is their first movie. and Their first theatrical movie. All right, they yeah, had a th- bunch of direct-to-streaming type stuff for yeah. Cartoon Network. Direct-to-streaming. That's a weird now thing. Well, I guess now you call it VOD, Video On Demand, instead. Yeah, I but, guess, yeah. yeah. Before that, there was also direct-to-DVD movies. No, there, there absolutely was. there was... Was the first Bionicle movie theatrically released? No, not that no? I'm aware okay. of. Because Bionicles were my jam. And but. then there was... The Galador television show on Fox Kids. I don't know what that is. That was uh, during Bionicle, like towards the second half of it. But it was, you know, similar hero's journey type thing where kids mm-hmm. get gets pulled into this fantasy world and gotcha. it wasn't very good. And and they've I should also yeah there are also other TV shows you can mention. There's Ninjago is their big one. They they're trying to push the Chima thing. So, if, you know, I was going to say everything they've been doing is good. Chima, not really. Is there a Hero Factory show? I'm, there might I've have seen been. the toys around. I don't know if there's a yeah, show. Yeah, there might have been a little thing. But uh, but let's say a large portion of their stuff has been really quality as far as media goes. You know, the video games we were talking about before, you know, at worst, they're not bad. But then they go all the way up to Fantastic. My manager was playing the Lego, uh, I want to get the name right, Marvel, Super Marvel, Avengers, whatever it's called. I think it's Lego Marvel Superheroes, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. The- and he said it's absolutely fantastic. And they have everyone from you know the, the main Avengers to the Punisher, who blows up cars for people that you know don't use their turn signals. Like, you know, <laughs> There's even an achievement if you have on your team both Captain America and Johnny Storm, because Chris Evans played both of them. Oh, really? Yeah, that I is th- fantastic. I think it's called Don't You Look Familiar, or Hey, You Look Familiar, or something like that. That's fantastic. Four. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but, you know, so they, they've done a really good job of making it fun, but also making it relevant to adults, just like that. Like, it's only going to be adults that are going to realize that what that achievement is. Right, um, sure. Yeah. One of the things um, I think 
has been kind of coming really back in culture, and this I guess kind of what the point of what we're talking about. We'll flush out more is that you know you're it's kind of in to accept your inner child and to embrace those fun goofy things and really and I think that that's always been a trend. We talked before about uh, before the movie about Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, you know, how, as a kid, we didn't really get that, but when you went back and rewatched it... Yeah, I rewatched it back in, like, my late teens, early 20s, and that shit was fantastic. Yeah. It's really subversive, and I don't know how any kid would ever enjoy that, aside from just its cartoon characters, because it is really subversive and really touching on some interesting issues, and just... Almost all the jokes are for adults. Yeah. It just happens to be a cartoon. And, and you know. a, I think a similar thing was uh, the Animaniac show. Like, I didn't get a lot of those jokes, especially the, the movie ones and everything. And that was the other one, Hysteria. From, I think that was from the same people. Oh, that Frankazoid? Was, no, no, no. There was a show called Hysteria where it was all, like, history, but told uh, okay. from a funny perspective. Oh, I think I remember that, too. Okay. Yeah, so, and I think that, those were kind of the groundworks that's led to this whole trend of, I don't want to say childlike things, but youthful, fun stuff, but being for adults as well. You know, I think I've mentioned Adventure Time. I think Kevin's mentioned that before as well. Uh, and I think this Lego movie really fits into that, where it's for kids, but holy crap, it was really good. There's even a couple moments that I think might be a bit scary for kids. Um, and kids, we're doing full spoilers. The vision that he has in the beginning, <laughs> and then the secondary vision later on, and then when, like, Cloud Cuckoo Land is going up in flames and crashing into the ocean, so and sad music playing, like, those moments, I could see, like, a really little kid getting a little, you know, like, maybe an older kid getting a little bit upset by the Cloud Cuckoo Land part, but also, like, a really little kid, that vision was, was that very... Was acid trippy. You know the, um, the, 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 the video from The Ring? The actual okay. movie from the ring when they watch it's all the like quick cut stuff like nails going th- like a, a, a roofing nail going through a finger and coming out the other side and like flashing to like worms and maggots and stuff and then and it was kind of reminiscent of that only without any gore. Yeah, I, I could see that, but at the same time, this will get to the movie that we're, we're you know kind of I don't want to say comparing this to, but Toy Story three, I think that furnace scene was much more traumatizing for a small child. I, I could see that. And again, we're saying really small. Oh, absolutely. Here. Absolutely. But then again, you know, I saw Jurassic Park when I was three in the theaters. So that's not really a fair comparison, you know, in that. I watched people got eaten. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so your other thoughts on Toy Story, or not on Toy Story, on Lego Movie, keep interrupting that. I, I agree with you. It's absolutely fantastic. Blew me away at, on every level. I expected it to be good. Yeah. You know, it's got a good pedigree. I forget the guys' names who are behind it, but the same two guys who did Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, which I haven't actually seen, but I know it's supposed to be great. I just haven't got I've seen snippets it. of it on TV, yeah. And then uh, 21 Jump Street, which was another movie that I went, uh, I'll watch it, I guess, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't see that one. Oh, it was it was actually really enjoyable. But so those two guys came back, and now they're doing this right before 22 Jump Street is about to come out, um, who I guess was done by other people, just like Cloud with the Chance of Meatballs too. But I expect, you know, it's got a good pedigree, great voice cast, which we'll get into later. Oh, sure. so many people. And, you know, it's Lego. I love Lego. I grew up with Lego uh, for years and years, way past any age that might be considered normal to play with Lego. I was playing with it well into my later teens. So I was expecting this to be good. Again, like you mentioned before, the video games, they're very good. I've played a few of them and enjoyed them quite a bit. It's got Batman in it. It's got a bunch of recognizable yeah. characters and can, stuff. Can we can we agree best Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern movie all at the same I'll time? I'll definitely give you Superman and Batman, Flash and Wonder Woman, who are all in it. <laughs> yes. Flash is literally in it for about three frames. Yeah, which, seriously. 
I feel like they cut stuff for him, but I also feel like that works as a joke because he's the Flash and he's literally in it for like three frames. Yeah. That I could see. He might have been running around in the background really fast <laughs> if you like go through frame by frame. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Batman, I think I might disagree a little bit just because I really love the Nolan films, but it was certainly up there. Come on. And let's say it paints the best. Or can we say best Bruce Wayne? Can we at least admit sure, that? Sure, I'll give you best Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I'll give you best Batman uh, as a musician. Best Batman as a musician. And and definitely uh, best Batman asking who Bruce Wayne is, because he sounds like such a cool guy. <laughs> also, best, uh, best, well, we're spoiling everything, so best uh, interaction between Bruce, or between Batman and Star Wars characters. Yeah, I was about to say, you will never see that ever again. Probably not. Until, and, well, until the Lego movie, too, which they've yeah. announced that they're already going to be doing. But. And best Morgan Freeman uh, arguing about how to pronounce Dumbledore. <laughs> like, arguing. Well, yeah. Just write it down, I won't remember it. I won't remember Oh, Gandalf arguing with Morgan Freeman. That made me happy. There were so many cam- cameos in this movie. But, but, but before yeah, before, let, that, let's talk Legos. It, just, it blew me away oh. so much from beginning to end. Um, and for me, it's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Toy Story 3 later, but it was just a slight tick below that for me. And I know for you, it's a slight tick above. Yeah. But just so good. Before we talk more about the movie, let's just talk about uh, the toy uh, within that. You know, Lego and just... You said you were playing with them into your teen years. So, I mean, I started out like any kid with, well, I figured like with any kid, my mom and dad at some yard sale got a whole big box of yeah. Lego. Were they were they stuff. Duplos and were they going to take over the world? There's probably some Duplo in there. There was, um, I mean, no, there was definitely Duplo around the house, but that's also because I had younger sisters. Yeah. But definitely a lot of Lego stuff, a lot of like mid-80s things. So like Benny, the 1980-something spaceman, which I, by the way, I love that I phrase. had them. I had them. That was so you know, great. I, I, Every piece of that I recognize. The fact that, and this is going off on another rabbit trail, sorry, but the fact that his faceplate was broken yes. was perfect because they were always broken. Yes, and he didn't have the visor. He had the little dents for it but and not didn't the have visor the visor. Because they always lost the yeah. visors in those old style ones. And some of the details in this movie, we'll get into them, but were just so spot on how perfectly imperfect they yeah. were. Because, hey, it's it's a molded, injected, in, uh, injection molded plastic and that's how it works, you know. Yeah. That's how these things happen. So I, I started out with those just random things, and then as I grew up, I would buy more more sets. I, I remember when like the first like they started to have like Spider Man sets for the the Spider Man movies or Star Wars sets was a big thing. I started to get into Technic and Bionicle. Before Bionicle, there was another one that I'm going to blank on the title for. But Bionicle was the big one though that broke. That was kind of a, that was a big, real yeah. big breakthrough, and I had a bunch of those um, and played with them for a while. And then, you know, kind of like with that or connects or some other toys, there was just a certain point where, especially when I started getting into college, and it wasn't so much that I stopped being interested in them, I just didn't have any time, the time anymore. Can I also just say, connects hurt like a mother. Like, when you had to snap those suckers out and they weren't really going to snap and you had to, like, force your finger in there, it was such a pain. Yeah, literally. Probably means you were doing it wrong. Probably somehow. <laughs> Probably. And speaking of pain, people always complain about stepping on Lego. No, 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 no. The real pain is when you're on your knees and you kneel on a Lego. That hurts. (laughs) And believe me, I would know. (laughs) Okay, all right. Now, I guess my question for you in that is, would you say that you're a master builder? And that I could build anything? Like, were you, what did you do with your Legos? Did you say, I have a mass of bricks, I'm just going to assemble them in a thousand different ways, or what did you, how did you play with your Legos? If I bought a new set, I would always build the set first, but okay. then things come disassembled after a while, 
usually purposely, not just because, oh, it fell over or something, but, and then I would build my own stuff. I've got, I can show you galleries sometime. Um, I, oh, was I think big you have, on, you uploaded it somewhere. Th- there was, when Bionicle was at its peak, and even before its peak, but leading up to the peak, there was this website called bzpower.com. Mm-hmm. I think they're still around. I don't think the same owners anymore, but it was like the main, as far as I know, Bionicle forum online. And so I got into their, what's called mocks or MOCs, my own creations. Mm-hmm. And that would be things people would make out of Lego, usually on that website, using Bionicle and Technic parts, because that was the theme, but also other things as well. I would build all kinds of stuff. I have, I built like action figure size Star Wars snow speeders and, mm. and snow troopers and a whole mess of like, Gundam style figures that were pretty cool. They had, they would have contests on the website and stuff too. So I would build the set first always, but then I would build all kinds of cool stuff from both Lego and Connects of just whatever I would want. One of the coolest sets I ever had was I had the Lego Mindstorms R two D two. Do you remember that? I had that too. Oh, okay, um, I would never. I could never get into the programming stuff of it. That I never, was horrible. It was never it, yeah. any fun for me. But the building pieces were so cool. Hmm. You know, I I loved making R two and stuff. And yeah, I was different than that. I. Uh... I, I guess I would say I was more like Emmett, where I just pretty much followed the instructions the entire time. But for me, it was it was more about kind of playing with them, and I guess that's kind of the point of the movie in that, where play with them, and as things go along, you know, oh, this guy needs this thing, so you kind of combine those two things that you had together, you know, and so I found, you know, when we were cleaning out stuff from my grandparents' place, like, I found a bunch of my old stuff, and I found kind of the amalgamation different sets, like, uh, the underwater set, and a bunch of the Bionicle stuff. Oh, are you talking about the, um... What were they called? Aqua, Ra- Aqua Raiders, maybe? Something like that. And the, there it was, was like the, the bad guys were shark themed. Was shark and stingray themed, yeah. And the good guys were like octopus themed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. The, the cool bad guy shark uh, submarine with yeah. the robot arms mm-hmm. and stuff. That, oh, was, oh, yeah. that was a fun set. And then uh, another big one I had a lot of was the Rock Raiders. I had a couple little ones for them. I always loved the aesthetic, but I never, yeah. you know, Lego tends to run expensive. And oh, I absolutely. Could never, like, really afford yeah, and Lego more things. now than ever. Like, well, because we, plastic prices because of, of oil went way up. Oh, really? Yeah. We actually because well, the price of oil directly impacts a lot of type of plastics. Hmm. We have we have a, a toy store, one of the small independent toy stores across the street from us, and they come in to do the faxing at our store. And one time, because apparently Nintendo. Doesn't like I've something about or no, why did I say anything? Lego, uh, Lego the way they want you to send stuff in, uh, it you still have to do it by fax. I don't understand it, but that's how they want their ordering. And I looked at the prices of some of the stuff, and it's it's ridiculously expensive for for Legos, especially the stuff that I was like, ooh, that would be cool. Because towards the end of of me with Legos, I got into the massive sets, so I have the. Thousand plus piece X wing. Oh, know. some of those like what were they called? Like Master Series or something? Yeah, something or? like that. Like those were the ones that really interest me. And I guess maybe that kind of fueled my the games I play now, like with the models and everything and building all that. Um, like Warhammer and stuff. Exactly. And now they even have like architecture series where they do. build a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Yeah. Or build the Eiffel Tower or. The Lincoln Memorial or something. Yeah. And they are again expensive because the price of plastic has gone way up, but. They are really nice pieces. Exactly. And see, those are the sets, especially later on, were the ones that really appealed to me because it was about building that model, that art piece, basically, is what it turned into. Uh, And that's carried over into a lot of things, too. Like, when I was introduced to Minecraft, and this is way back in the alpha, my friends were like, oh, yeah, you had to figure out how to build things. 
I'm like, well, just tell me how to make an axe. They're like, figure it out for yourself. That's the fun of it. I'm like, no, no, I disagree on that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I very much disagree. Just tell me how to make the axe so I can build other things, you know. And so, like, I see how how I played with Lego affected how I play other games. So Minecraft, what's the game we were just talking about? Warhammer and War Machine and all those games. It's kind of how I played with those affects how I play those games now. So it's kind of interesting to see. Have you ever been to Legoland? I have been to Legoland. Uh, well, so which I'm assuming the one in Carlsbad, California, and not one of the ones, other ones around the world. Or I have been to two. I went to the California one, and I went to the one that's part of Disney in Florida. Oh, okay. I don't think that was there when I went. To, I've only been to Disney once. I don't think it was there when I went. Okay. Yeah, um, but I have. I did go to uh, Legoland Carlsberg in 2000. So I would have been like 13. I, I remember it was the summer before Bionicle came out. Because they had um, – you had the Toa and then you had the – what were the littler guys called? Oh, that came out a little bit later? No, before. Oh, that's right because they were like the sidekicky. They were like yeah. the, the, the shaman. Yeah, the spiritual the, advisor things, yeah. I got the red one whose name I'm going to blank on now. But <sighs> I got him there before you could buy them in oh, stores. Oh, really? Yeah, because they had – it was like you know three months earlier or whatever. They had them for sale only at Legoland at, and yeah. I got one. And it was like a 50-piece set. It was nothing, but I played with that thing this whole – we had this whole big road trip around yeah. the country. We could do an episode on that someday. But, road tripping around the country? That actually – No, the, the actual road trip my family went oh, on. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on it. might be a better one for me to do with like my sisters or something. Probably. But, that would make more sense. Um, I played with that thing forever. It was just so cool. Legoland for me was at you know 13 like perfect. Like I think my yeah. younger sisters were kind of bored. It's not like a, a ride heavy amusement park, but it was just well, they're, they're, it Lego, was it was what Disney would be to a six year old girl was what that was absolutely. for me at 13. And, and Lego has kind of always had a problem with the female demographic. Like I even now see commercials for like the girl Lego stuff, and you're just like, uh, you try, I get it, but. I know they've never taken off like it has with guys. I, I don't think as much, although it's starting to make headway. Yeah, all, I, yeah. all toys are starting to make headway in, in that realm, I think, of just the, the, the pink aisle starting to disintegrate a little bit. See, I see the pink aisles pinker as ever. Right, but I mean, in terms of, I, I think, just societally, girls don't feel as regulated to that aisle as they might have in years past. That's true. That's true. Which is a good thing. <laughs> I, I, I can agree with that, but I'm just saying... The sets were never as ornate. So, like, the guys would have the castles and the dragons and everything, but there, were, there was never, like, a female equivalent of the castle. Like There were. There were. They just – they weren't ordered in as many stores because they didn't sell as well. That's but I always got, like, the Lego magazine and the Lego catalogs in the mail. Yeah, I got the catalogs, And yeah. in the catalogs, you would see them. They would have whole sections of just really – some really intricate stuff specifically tailored towards girls, but it just, you know, for, for whatever reason didn't yeah. take off as much. So I just want to jump back to Bionicle. Those masks were the coolest thing of all time yes, ever. Yes, they were, dude. And there were a couple times that they actually sold, like, the full-size masks, and I thought that was really neat. <laughs> but, and, they, and they had lots of, like, limited edition I was ones about that say, you heard to get. I, I there were the gold them. ones. There was the McDonald's ones that came out. Yeah, those There those was the deals. infected yeah, Tahu masks. I remember that. There was the white metal Crana. Yeah. That they had. I had two of them. Ooh. I discovered how to find them without opening the sets, and I would just go through. I remember we talked. About I would this go before. through the canisters yeah. on the shelf at the store, and I found two of them and sold one of them for a hundred bucks on eBay. Wow! Yeah, I still have the other one somewhere, but I've got a number of the really limited ones. There was like a the same one I got from Legoland. They had like a see through green version of that mask, 
might have even glowed in the dark, I forget. I forget what the reason for that mask was, but it was like only a certain number of ways you could get it, and I got one. I got I had the time mask, the orange one. Yeah, that was that was the that cool was super one. hard to find. Until I think later on they made it available in gold. And that one you could buy, but that the one I did have I did have that one because I remember it being squishy. Because it wasn't like the other masks. No, it wasn't squishy. There was one of them that was squishy, and it was like a, a special mask. I thought it was the orange one. No, the Crano were. There might have been another orange one that was squishy, okay. but not the time mask. Hmm. Again, I'm forgetting all these things. I used to know these things like the back of my hand. I, I had the comics. I had everything. I was about to say, I was about to be like, wow, nerd. But then I remembered how much fluff I know about so many different games. And like, I don't remember it anymore now, but like yeah. when I was you know, 15, 16, this was huge. So let's talk more about the Lego movie. No, but I think it's good, yeah, to talk about our, the kind of our general background. We're, we're definitely both coming into this from a place of loving Lego as Yeah, a absolutely. Absolutely. Now, so let me ask one thing about the movie here. I know there was so much CGI. Was any of it straight up old-fashioned stop motion? I think there was one or two things that were, but not many. The end credits were, I believe. Were, I, they definitely looked like um, There was a little bit during the end. Again, we're spoiling it. So the live action sequences, there were some stop motion things there. Yeah. And I believe also maybe Ghost Vitruvius. Although technically not See, even stop motion because he was moving constantly. Well, that's yeah, but he was just on a string. A lot of the that close up stuff, like everything in Emmett's apartment, definitely looked like it was stop motion. Well, it was amazing CG to make it look. Like. Yeah, exactly. And and we saw it together in two D. Yeah. I highly recommend the 3D for people. Pierce doesn't like 3D. I get that. But glasses. the way you could see the detail and everything in the background was so much better in 3D. Okay. Like there was so many things going on that I was like, oh, I don't even notice it the second time. But the first time, that detail in the background was just crazy. Or just hmm. the level of things. Like we talked about the broken 80s, 1980s something yeah. Spaceman mask was pitch perfect, detail perfect in its imperfections Yeah, down to the way that the faces you could see like some of the lines around where what would be decals in your life but were CG here or yeah, the fame. line that runs down every Lego arm always gets a little bit of dirt on like, exactly. one side of it or both sides of it so you can always see that line. You could see the dirt on them. You could see the gum that was sticking on the bottom of uh, Lucy's shoe or her foot, you know, just a yep. little bit that was just like, because those get on real toys like that, you know, I love that detail. All of it was so amazing. Oh, absolutely. It was so well done. It or how really Vitruvius's clothes were normal white pieces with crayon drawing on, drawn on them, more markers. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how his staff was a lollipop. His, sta- his staff was a lollipop. So the, the story is very basic. It's your generic hero's journey plot, borrows a lot from the Matrix or Star Wars or a bunch of others. The the age old tale, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the the the, the every man who becomes the hero with the help of the wizard and the love interest and the rogue and <laughs> they fight the, the evil best empire. Rogue. The best <laughs> they, rogue. They fight the evil empire. It looks like they're gonna lose, but then they overcome it with the power of whatever. Very basic story. But they at the same time they didn't, and so that was a that was a twist. Well that that's true. Yeah. Well, because they, they took a very basic hero's journey story that everybody yeah. knows and you've seen a hundred times, if not more, especially exactly. in children's movies, but also in, in adult movies as well. They took that and they did something super special with it. Mm-hmm. A, the jokes are hilarious. Absolutely. The the characters, both the voice cast and the actual characters they're playing were all fantastic, well rounded, well acted, all of it, well animated, and then they, like, towards the end, they do put a twist on it and make it something extra, something special, and yeah. not just a rote 
hero's journey. And I did not expect that they would go that direction at all. I mean, with I the live action, you mean? Yeah, with okay. the live action. Did, did you see that coming? I saw it coming a little bit early. There's definitely, especially the second time seeing it. There's definitely foreshadowing of it. I can, yeah. I mean, and I think some of it is definitely there on camera. Some of it is more just. Oh, I think that that means X. Like you, you have the relics, yeah, which are all exactly. real world items. Which that was the first big hint. You had the the um, vision with the man upstairs, mm-hmm. and so that definitely set that up. But even things like um, when the I forget which ship it was, but it, it like goes from one place to another, and it's and it's making like a spaceship noise. Except it's a kid going for the engine, yeah, and different things like that. Where you start, well, yeah, when uh, or Vitruvius yeah. being on the string, where you're like, I think that was the that was a big hint there with him into, being on the string. I also had read a review that I think skirted the line of spoilers too closely that mentioned something about father son dynamics, and I was okay. like, okay, so is this coming in at some point? Because none of these characters have dads that are important except Batman, and not because there's <laughs> a dynamic there, but because there's no dynamic there. Batman's a real artist. Oh, that was so good. So the live-action portion is Will Ferrell and mm-hmm. some kid, who I think I've seen in something before, but I can't place. I, I had no idea who the kid was. Um, the dad, whose name you don't ever get, I don't think, and Finn, which is the kid, yeah. and you, you find out in the end that this whole thing has been enacted by this kid on his dad's massive layout of Lego. Yeah. His off-limits interlocking brick system displays mm-hmm. that you, kind of like you might see a, a, like a professional toy train collector have or something where it's don't touch, off-limits, don't mess with this. And the kid is just trying to have fun and have these adventures with his dad's toys. And mm-hmm. his dad doesn't want it. His dad wants things the way he left them. He wants everything um, you know, left in their place and perfectly built yes. following instructions and the kid just wants to have an Avengers and there's your central conflict of the third act which is which is going to win out imagination or following the rules yeah. and instead of making it imagination should win out it's maybe both should win out and it was should, it was it was very touching and it's that. more we should work together with these things and, and not be jerks to each other well and yeah it, I would say less it comes down to imagination versus following the rules but what's more important, your stuff or the people in your life? Oh, I can see that too, sure. And I, you know, I took it more that way where those toys are important to him, but his son having fun is more important, you know? And that's kind of the way that I, I took it. Um, and I, either way, I think that's it's, it's really moving. And I guess we can transition here slightly in the comparison to Toy Story 3, where there's a lot of similarities between the two at least that I was getting at in the whole theme of having fun and everything. I mean, Toy Story 3 is, is a lot more about finding or being played with and being valued. Not just holding on to your childhood, but passing on your childhood. Exactly. And that's really the theme that I picked up there, too, where, you know, these these are toys meant to be played with, and they want to be played with, at least in Finn's imagination. You know, they want to be something different and new, uh, for if you want to live in Middle Zealand for whatever reason. Middle Zealand is the best name. <laughs> it's like, that's really clever. I like that. Even though it has none of the Middle Earth models, but sure, whatever. Uh, Lego um, doesn't have that license. Megablox does, I, th- I believe. Uh, oh, no, were there no, Lego? Gandalf was in... That's true, there was. It's yeah. Megablox has... Um, Halo and World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft and yeah. Dungeons of Dr- and Dragons, I believe. Really? That's a new one they just recently hmm. got, yeah. Wow, okay, I did not know that one. But yeah, so I, I thought that was hilarious, having Dumbledore and uh, Gandalf in there. 
There were so many characters in that, and a lot of star power. It was really, really interesting. Well, let's talk about the cast and some of the yeah. characters. You've mm-hmm. got Emmett, played by Chris Pratt, who yep. will soon be coming back to the big screen as Star-Lord uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yay! Uh, Peter Quill. On my birthday. Woo! You have Wildstyle, or Lucy, or one of her many other names that she went by at some point. <laughs> um, I, they were funny, but I can't remember them off the oh, top yeah. of my head. Oh, uh, yeah, where, yeah, Truvius is like... I had an apprentice. You were changing her name all the time. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. Um, played by Elizabeth Banks. Who I don't know who that is. Oh, you would definitely recognize. She's um, she's Effie Trinket in Hunger Games. She was Miri in Zack and Miri. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. She was in... She's been in... You've no, seen I know, her I know exactly things. who you're talking about. She was uh, Jack's, Jack's wife in, uh, in 30 Yeah, Yeah, Jack's baby mama. Yeah. yeah. Um, they never actually got married. Oh, did they not? Okay. No. The one who was stuck in North Korea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you have Vitruvius, played by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Hilariously, by the way. <sighs> was That was a good, yeah. You have... Bad cop. You have good cop slash bad cop and bad cop slash good cop's parents, all played by Liam Neeson. Which I didn't pick up on. That was you one of the voices. You that with him? No, I'm like, I should know who this is, but I can't really place it. You had, uh... Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell as the dad and also as Lord slash President Business. Yeah, President Business. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. You, you've got uh, Nick Offerman, who people Ooh. might know better as... Uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Ron effing Swanson, rather, from... Uh, or Ron Ulysses Swanson. We should, That's true. To be more clear. From Parks and Recreation. I would I, I, yeah, if you hadn't mentioned that before the movie, I would definitely not have gotten that. He was Metal Beard the Pirate. Yeah. Uh, what is the first role of the High Seas, Pierce? Oh, shoot. Yeah, don't put your butt in a pirate's face. Never put your bum on a pirate's face. Uh, you had Charlie Day from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Pacific Rim. Uh, spaceship, spaceship. As Benny, the 1980s-something spaceman. Again, the f- for whatever reason, the phrase 1980s-something, because they use that in a couple different contexts in the movie, made me laugh every it time. It was fantastic. That phrase, something about it, just it rolls off the tongue in a very funny way. And, and I don't know if it just reminded me of the Space Corps from uh, Portal 2. But the whole time he was just on spaceship over and over. Spaceship. I've I've made that that thing as well. If those two characters ever meet, they that would be, be a match made in space. <laughs> match space. <laughs> Gotta go space. Spaceship. Spaceship. Where did they go? Spaceship. You have Allison Brie, who you might oh, know from yeah, Community or Scream Four or some other things, as Unikitty. Unikitty. The uh, I'd say definitely a reference to like uh, the girls. No, no, Lego but uh, outside of Lego, I mean uh, My Little Pony. Type deal. Okay, I guess. I'm, I've never seen it, but it just makes me think of that kind as, of thing. As someone who took the brony challenge so that my brony friends would show up. Um, Isn't one of them like Twilight Sparkle or something all yeah, like, happy fun, everything's well, great. All of them are. It's like Twilight Sparkle and Pinkie Pie. and Okay. So maybe it's more just that generic anime, exuberant anime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super positive all the time. Yeah. And who else was in the main cast that we haven't mentioned? Um... Will Arnett as Batman. We said Will Arnett for sure. Oh, I don't remember you saying Will Oh, I, th- I think we did. No, I don't think we did. Will Arnett plays Batman. Bat- oh, I was about to when you cut me off. Batman. Will Arnett as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. You have who's Channing Bruce, Tatum. Who's, who's Bruce Wayne? That's a cool guy. <laughs> Sounds like a cool dude. Channing Tatum as Superman and Jonah Hill as Green Lantern because yes. they were the stars of the guys behind this movie. Oh, I want to say something and Lord. Like Chamberlain and Lord or something. I don't know. Still, best Green did, Lantern movie out there. They did uh, 21 Jump Street. And of course, those were the stars of that movie. Wonder Woman was... Oh, I'm going to forget her name She now. said, like, three things. Yes, but she was... Uh, played Maria Hill in Avengers. And she's in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? It was her? Yes. Jessica something? No, I don't think so. 
Colby Smulders. Yeah. I, was, I don't know where you're getting Jessica. I'm like, I that's nowhere near. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's so many other characters. I think those were all the main ones. Sure, I'm forgetting somebody. It's such a great cast. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. Absolutely. Even like the little characters, like the Where Are My Pants guy. <laughs> Honey, where are my pants? <laughs> or the surfer dude next door. Yeah. Or the other construction workers. Or if Michelangelo, Michelangelo. <laughs> Michelangelo, Michelangelo. Um, no, no, they do pronounce them differently. They pronounce oh, them they? Michelangelo and Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Uh, Dumbledore was, and Gandalf. That was great. Abraham They're, Lincoln. I was about to say, everyone... Bill Hader was Abraham Lincoln, I know that one. Oh, was it? Okay, I, I just love that. You know, every fan fiction in the world has Gandalf and Dumbledore meeting, and they were friends in that. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that made me happy. That whole council was fantastic, especially Superman. Trying to think if there was any other main members of the council that were particularly like memorable to pop culture audiences. I don't think so. They cover pretty much everybody. Pretty much the only characters who weren't in the movie that you might think could have been were the star uh, were the um, oh yeah Marvel characters. Well, yeah, uh, there was no Marvel, but that's because it was distributed by distributed by uh, Warner Brothers, who owns DC. So yeah, which I thought I thought was interesting because there's ever going to be a crossover. You know, on the big screen, I figured that this would be the opportunity. It would have been nice. But you do have the Star Wars characters who are now owned by Disney. They weren't owned by Disney when uh, this movie was made. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you have Han Solo shows up, Chewie, C-3PO, and Lando. I believe C-3PO and Lando are both voiced by their actual... The, the actual original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Daniels and Billy D. Williams. Which I, when I was like... Because a lot of people can do, you know, 3PO voices. I, that I get. But when Lando started talking, I'm like... That really sounds a lot like him. I wonder if they actually were able to get him for big budget. Yeah, I don't know about for you, but the Star Wars characters, when they showed up, it was just like, yes, yes, they're Star Wars characters all of a sudden. And then they're gone like 30 seconds later, but it was still really funny. It, it was it was absolutely hilarious. Because you will never get a better Batman-Star Wars interaction anywhere, ever. <laughs> You'll never get any Batman-Star no, Wars interaction. you probably. won't, ever. Nor will you get, yeah... Ninja Turtles and Gandalf and Dumbledore all in the same. Like, and that's one of the cool things about LEGO is that their, their IP covers, or IPs, or whatever, you're the copyright guy. Covers, they, they, they hold a lot of licenses. Exactly, a lot of them. And they're able to cover so much of it. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, Green Lantern. I love I love that. And, <laughs> Somebody give me some kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, uh, and the Batman saying Emmett's the hero he, she deserves. Yeah, there was a lot of... Yeah, that was fantastic. We're going to have to wing it. <laughs> That's a bad pun. <laughs> Well, or not really is the perfect Batman. Like, oh, he for is. at least for animated stuff. Like for just... for anything that wants to you know be lighthearted about Batman. Well, and it's funny because he's playing the Frank Miller on the God Batman version of mm-hmm. Batman, but in a kids kids movie, and that is especially funny. And he does throw in a couple of whiff bang pals when he's throwing the batarangs mm-hmm. at the button. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's definitely that gruff, super serious. Killing joke slash, uh, yeah. well, I guess Darkness. more Dark Knight Returns. I only use dark bricks. and sometimes I only work in black and sometimes really, really, really dark, dark gray. gray. Blackness. <laughs> no <laughs> parrots. Oh, Batman Lots of money. Kind of makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the music was so good. Everything about the music. 
Now, do you like stop motion animation in general? Is that something you I, have I thought we've talked about? about. I thought we talked about this before, or are you just setting me up so that I can tell you about my love of stop motion animation? I, I honestly don't remember for sure. Oh yeah, I don't I, most of the time. When you I absolutely so. yeah, no, I know you don't, which is weird. I don't understand this podcast at that point, but uh, no, I absolutely adore stop motion. Everything you know, my parents and my my dad. Like Wallace and Gromit when I was growing up. Oh, Wallace and Gromit's great. That's a great introduction. They're the wrong trousers, Gromit. Uh, so that was kind of one of my introductions. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Brilliant movie. I'm just a sucker for Wes Anderson in general there. There's so much Tim Burton stuff. Uh, or, you know, we talked a little bit about the preview beforehand. Uh, what's it called? The Box Trolls. Box Trolls looks interesting. Or Coraline. Coraline, yeah, that uh, Box Trolls, Coraline, same guy as uh, Paranormal. Paranorman, yes, as well. Which um, I think that one was CG, wasn't it? That one was entirely CG. That wasn't uh, stop motion like the rest of them. Um, I'm trying. There's others, and I feel like there's a whole. Well, you've got like the old um, Jason versus the Argonauts, Harryhausen stuff. Yeah, that... I think that was Harryhausen. Or maybe I'm getting his name mixed up with somebody else. I don't think of that stuff as much. I think, or like, even the first Terminator movie. <laughs> yeah, the Terminator is essentially stop motion. Un- unfortunately, movies. that was really bad. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, but I, in general, I, oh, uh, Robot Chicken. I adore oh, sure. Robot Which, Chicken. Um, I f- not Seth Green. Not Seth Green, but I believe Brecken Meyer or one of the other main guys behind Robot Chicken did a lot of consulting on this movie. Yeah, and some of the cutaway gags definitely felt like Robot Chicken style. Oh, it really did. You know, so. I, I adore Robot Chicken. I love stop-motion animation in general. I think it can be done really well, and they made this feel like you're playing with Legos, like it's stop-motion. You know, jerky movements. You know, you don't see the leg swing. The leg goes from one position to the front position, you know, and doing jumping jacks and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I I really liked that. What was your setup for asking about stop-motion? No, I, I was going to ask, like, do you like that this movie was not stop motion, just looked like it? Like, is there any part of you that wishes, oh, I wish this was actually stop motion, or are you totally fine? Because for me, I'm totally fine that it's not stop motion. I'm I'm all right with it. Because I, I feel like while some of the stuff could have probably been done legitimately stop motion, a lot of it couldn't have. Exactly. And, and well, let me say they kept the style of stop motion. They had the spirit of it, for sure. Exactly, but did it CGI? So I'm fine with it. I'm not going to be a purist and be like, they didn't have actual Lego figures that they moved every single inch. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with that, but like I said, they kept it very much in the style of jerky movements and stuff like that, which I'm, yeah, I'm very fine with. If they had done everyone's just fluid motion all the time, and, you know... That doesn't bother me either, because, like, a lot of the Lego, like, direct-to-DVD and, and streaming stuff, a lot of that is fully CG, and it's still really funny. No, you know, that's true, yeah. But this just didn't have a certain character to it. Yeah. And, and like I said before, with the level of detail and the decals, and the fact that the construction workers are actually using Lego instruction manuals... Exactly, flipping the pages. When and... you see part numbers, when you, when you see them going to... Oh, when they did the, the master, Matrix mode, yeah. Those are the real part numbers for those yeah. Lego pieces. Oh, yeah. And I, I think they're real names, too, because some of them had names that came up, like, yeah. you know, 40-tooth wheel and stuff. Yeah. Like, those are the real data on those pieces. Absolutely. Or when he's trying to, you know, design something, and they're all like, just design whatever, you know, you feel like designing. And, like, he has the epiphany moment, and just built the couch. I was like, yes. Double-decker couch. Double-decker couch. Oh, that was all so good. Let me handle this. That is... The worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs>
Yeah, but the, that level of the, and the way they worked in the real world items, the cloak of Bandaid, yeah, <laughs> or the the knife of ex, of Exact Zero. Oh, that was probably my favorite, the knife of Exact Zero, <laughs> or uh, the Podish remover of uh, Nail. <laughs> Just the way they used those, like when they revealed what the Kragle was, about ooh, a third of the way or halfway into the movie. Yeah, I was like. Oh, okay. And I felt stupid when it took me until the scene in the dog with all the master builders. Oh, really? That was when I first realized that what what the piece of resistance, brilliant name by the way, what that was. Because yeah. there was a shot where you could kind of see the hole in it, and I was like, "Oh, it's the crazy glue cap." Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I I, I kind of started. I it took me a while for, for what the piece of resistance was, but I figured the craggle was probably glue when it was glued to his back. Like, that that made sense to me. It just took me forever oh, to figure out what the piece of resistance was, actually. Because I was like, what Lego piece would resist it? I don't understand how that would fix glue. But, yeah, no, yeah. But was, all the little real-world things they had, like Vitruvius's staff yeah. and things, worked really well. Because I think I remember using lollipop sticks with my Lego set because it's almost the perfect fits, size yeah. to fit in their claw hands, you know. And and the way he held the you know knife of exact zero, where he kind of had to balance it there, it was exactly how yeah I would have to hold make them hold objects that weren't actual Lego objects that they would hold. So yeah, it was that was really well done. Yeah, so uh, we talked a little bit about Toy Story three, and for you I know Lego was a step below it, just like a half. Uh, like a half a percent lower. Mm-hmm. And the only real reason for me is, well, let's talk about Toy Story. I like the first Toy Story. It's fine. Yeah. I don't really like the second one. I know a lot of people like it more than the first one. I don't really like that movie. I find it slow. Uh, yeah. It just but kind of slow and boring. Because I don't mind slow things in general, but this one I found boring. Toy Story 3, for me, is just a work of genius. Beyond the voice cast and the animation and all that, which is all superb, It's a movie that makes me cry in two different places. One for, oh, this is a sad moment, Mm -hmm. but also that the ending is so beautiful. The message and the way it's portrayed is just one of the most moving things I've ever seen on film. And for me, the Lego movie, now I've seen it twice. The first time, I was welling up a little bit towards the end. Second time, I was was there, pretty much. But it's not to the same level as Toy Story 3. And that's not just that a movie makes me cry so it's automatically good, but it was a good no, cry yeah. Toy Story 3. And here, Toy Story 3 for me just brings it a little bit higher up, but only by the slightest, you know, portion of a percent. Yeah. It's not anything against the Lego movie, which I really love. And who knows? You know, I've, I've had a couple of years now to look back on Toy Story 3. Maybe a few years down the line, I'll revisit and think, you know, I really do like the Lego movie more. But for right now, I think it's Toy Story 3 by a hair. Yeah. So I think I mentioned before, you and I were kind of the the target age audience for Toy Story 1 and 2 when we were younger. I think I was a little bit older than that, because I'm a couple years older than you, Yeah, but, uh, just barely. But just pretty much in that, in that frame. And so Toy Story 3 also hit us, I think, a little bit harder than maybe, you know, people older than us, because this is the closure on what we grew up with, kind of. That's not the reason it hit me hard. Maybe it I think that worked. You, I think it worked in a me. little bit there. For me, it definitely had a lot to do with my age and passing on the things you love to yeah, exactly. You can appreciate them. Um, that definitely hit me, but it wasn't so much just because. Like, it's not like I was going to college. I think I was already in, co- uh, in law school by the time Toy Story three came out. But it was just it, that feeling. Yeah, was important. I understand that. 
and what you mentioned about two being boring. To I think, me. Yeah, no, I understand. There are understand. bright spots within it. The animation certainly better. The cast is brilliant. Well, what, just what, story-wise. Oh, the thing is, I feel like two... One was just a, a little toy story. It was a story about toys. And it didn't really have a message to it. Two, I think, really tried to start with that whole message idea. But they delivered it, I think, the best with three. So two, there was the whole thing about are toys meant to be played with and, you know, the value in that and, you know, being played with versus, you know, sitting on a shelf and, you know, there's some deep stuff there, but I can see why you're saying it seemed kind of slow and some of it seemed kind of disjointed, you know, the stuff with the evil emperor's erg and, you know... I like I'm, that stuff. The, the stuff where I am your father, no, you know, all that. Yeah, I understand. Um, Al's Toy Barn. Al's Toy Barn. You know, but, so I think they started the message thing, which they kind of... I don't want to say perfected in the third one, but they really... Use much more effectively in the yeah, third Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I really like Toy Story 3. I think I might have cried. And it's one of those movies that I don't want to watch again, not because it's bad, but just because it's kind of a tearjerker and kind of really emotional, um, which I don't mind. I own some chick flicks, but I don't know. It, I would say Lego is a movie... Speaking of chick flicks, Chicken Run. Another one that's, uh, I believe, all stop motion. Yes, but that's yeah, that's done by and it's the Wallace What? Artman Entertainment. Didn't yeah, exactly. That's a Wallace and Gromit one. So, Lego Movie is something that I would watch over and over again. And we've talked about it before. I prefer happier, more upbeat things. You know, it's why I don't want to watch House of Cards, because it's horrible people doing horrible things all the time. You know, it's part of the reason I watch Adventure Time, because it's just kind of lighthearted and happy. And Lego had more of that tone to it, especially in the beginning, where it was just kind of... Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah, you know, it was just lighthearted fun, and but had that powerful message in the end there. And that's more my style, and not to mention with the actual style of animation being CG but very, you know, stop-motion-esque, I would say that takes a step above, for me, for Toy Story, or then Toy Story. So um, that's kind of my view. I think both are powerful in their own way. I think one's just more serious than the other. So I can see that. Yeah. And I don't think that makes one better or worse. It's no, just... that's a personal preference. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do we have anything else to say about the Lego movie or Toy Story 3? Or... No, just go see it. Abs- if, if you are a parent and have not already taken your children to see the Take Lego movie or are not planning on it, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. If you are not a parent and you have not seen it yet or don't plan on seeing it, you're doing it wrong. It is delightful. It really is. It is. Is it a kids' movie? Yes, it is. Do I hate kids' movies? In general, yes, I do. But it's really, really good and has so many jokes specifically for you. I was about to say, and yeah, that's a good That's a good point. You and I, I don't think, could be more opposite in a lot of what we watch and what we view. Like, you love House Cards, you love Breaking Bad. I don't want to watch either of those things. I watch Adventure Time, you know, stuff like that, you know, and play Pokemon. So you and I are <laughs> pretty opposite in a lot of things. But we can both agree this was a ton of fun and definitely worth watching. So, Absolutely. Yep. So, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody, and enjoy the Lego movie. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRNJersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it. Mm-hmm.